Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, gorgeous. Oh, my freaking God. I cannot believe it. We are back for season 11. We're recapping shit. I feel like I'm going to shit my pants. (laughs) We have Alex Baskin as my guest today. Our guest. Welcome to the casting couch, the legitimate one. Thank you for having me. Legitimate <laughs> casting couch. Are you nervous? A little bit, I'm I have to say. I'm, a, I'm a little starstruck because usually I talk to you and we just like shoot the shit. But now you're sitting here and I'm like, okay, this is the creator of all things that make me survive during like the rough moments. Like you are the person that created OC, BH, Vanderpump. I mean, do you ever? Th- think like holy shit everything I touch turns to gold <laughs> no not at all because I just always think that every day gold is going to turn into shit <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep them going and sometimes I just wonder how I'm still here that makes sense yeah I'm very curious about how you got into producing well producing reality television was that always the goal like, goal or were you like wanting to be in movies and scripted I used to joke that uh, no one's goal was to end up in reality. You just did. (laughs) Yeah, totally. um, And it's changed, obviously. I think that, you know, in the pecking order of things, reality is much higher. And I think things are blurred and blended now. But um, I got into it as accidentally as anyone. Mm -hmm. I grew up in L.A. Uh, My dad was a writer. And I got an internship at MTV the summer after my senior year in high school. And that's when MTV was doing a lot of cool shit. And I just loved it. I loved all of the action. I loved the fact that you could go from idea to air quickly. Okay. Um, and I loved it so much that I went off to law school. So I decided then <laughs> that oh. maybe I wanted to be an attorney. And loved law school, knew I did not want to practice law. Um, I looked around at the successful partners and firms that I've worked for over the summers. And I thought, I don't want one thing that you have. Like, mm. I'm very bored by this. So I called up. Doug Ross from Evolution, who I had met when I was at MTV. And I was like, do you remember me all these years ago? And you thought that I was a bright young kid and it wanted to hire me. Do you have a place for me? And he hired me. And so that was my only job um, for many years until I started my own company. And we just kind of caught the wave. And, you know, when reality became as big as it did and it made all of those cable networks in particular. And so I was an ambitious young person at a time that an industry was booming. That's amazing. Really amazing. What did you work on specific? Were you like on working on the real world MTV? No, you know, I was uh, working in development. And, oh, okay. Um, but I had the balls more than, than I do now to pitch them um, when I was interning there. So I set up a meeting and I, I set up a pilot there 
for a project that I wanted to do with them. And I got like you know, dressed up and started this formal meeting. And so that's how I ended up meeting a few producers because uh. needed someone to actually make that. But I just, I love the fact that you could make anything possible. And the fun thing at the time too was just, you know, pop culture trends were set by MTV. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the thing that was so fun about the current wave that we're riding on Vanderpump Rules is it's one of the few recent examples of everyone coming together and watching a show at the same time. It's just a conversation across the board, you know? Right, like no matter what your background was, where you came from, what you did for a living, like it was to the point where you couldn't not acknowledge that it was happening because it was everywhere. Um, You said that Scandaval, what it was coined, was the craziest thing that had happened to our show, but it's also kind of the worst thing that happened to our show. So when Scandaval happened and we decided to go into season 11, what were your fears? Well, I thought, contrary to what certain people in certain quarters have said about that incident, um, or not that incident, that, that controversy saving the show, the truth is we were making a great show in season 10. And in fact, we had made a great season. And it was a bounce back season and the audience was into it. And I felt like it. there's a danger in burning too fast and too brightly. And I also thought that is the one thing that has happened to this group that has threatened to tear it completely apart. Mm. Everything else has been something we've been able to overcome. And I didn't know that we could put the pieces back together. And so I, I thought, look, I would trade putting aside all of the human damage and everything else, just purely analytically as a producer, I wish it never happened. Wow. Isn't that wild? Really? And you think that will never change that opinion? It could. And I mean, you know, other things that have come out of it, like, for example, The Valley, Mm -hmm. you know, the new series, which may or may not have happened if there weren't such momentum. So I think there's that. And I think, you know, things change in unexpected ways. But that is the way that for a while that I felt and, you know, that's still my analysis right now. Well, yeah, because if you think about it now, now I have like the big wig backing up what I have said, mm-hmm. right? That no matter whether, whether Scandal happened or not, season 10 was going to be great. And all of these people saying it was set up to make season 10 or make the show pop off. We've been popping, not at this level, but we have our main producer saying, I wish it wouldn't have happened because for the first time ever, you have a group of people where it's like, where, how do we rebuild? How do we even move on from this? And I said, this is a group for season 11. This is a group of people. And I said, it's for the first time, we're all very selfish. Now, I know that we're a selfish group from what it looks like. For the first time ever, no one gives a damn about anybody except themselves. Everyone is living up their own ass season 11. Mm. It's it's going to be a wild season to watch. Do you think it's good? Like, I haven't seen it, obviously. I've seen the first episode. You've seen quite a few cuts. Do you think it's good? I do. I think it's really good. And I wasn't sure that it would be. So I had great trepidation going into the season because I thought we had less control than we've ever had. And there's just, you know, the show that you might want to make. And then there's the one that you do make that you have to make, which is just, you know, sort of where everyone is. And so we can't bring the group back together if that's not where they are. Right. And we have there's, a, you know, questions all the time like, you know, well, uh, what about Ariana shooting with Tom? Whatever. It's like, 
what are we supposed to do, right? I mean, you know, we sort of take people for where they are. Mm -hmm. But I think it's fascinating. I think that it's still really interesting to see the dynamics. Interesting, even with Ariana and Tom, the fact that they live together through the season is wild. So I think wild. people are going to enjoy seeing that documented. And no, it really is. I had a question. Guys, if, was that a storyline for them also? That's what I thought. Looking down, did they live together for a storyline? Oh, you mean you mean you mean like years ago? No, or, just or like, no, like right now. Like, oh, are they staying like in right the same now. house? Because oh. they're like, it'll be a We're great like, story. You life. couldn't get them to agree on anything. <laughs> but if I was in that no, position, seriously. I'm just getting the hell out. Yeah, I don't care. No, but that's what the season. That's we'll see. Oh, right, you're gonna see well, it all we'll play out it. because there's a lot of things that are said that you're like, I can't get down with what you're saying because of the way that you're moving, and I don't understand this. By the way, Easton does not watch reality TV. <laughs> I have to start. I just told him about the episode where I told Stassi and Kristen to wrap it up, looking like a drunk shih tzu. Ep- that was season <laughs> four. And now I have something to go home and watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's just like, the he has no is idea. It's so different for me. Like I've never watched it. Even when like your first season, when I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch it. I watched one, and it's so weird seeing like your sister just do all this shit. And then I see her like making out with James and I'm like, I can't fucking do it, man. It, it is my wild. language, but it's just so different from like a brother's standpoint. I, yeah. I can't get by, but I'm going to I'm going to try my hardest. But I like I can do the valley. It's just like when you're on it, it's like, oh, the valley I can't <laughs> wait for. And you oh. did say if there wasn't so much momentum, like you never know if if the valley would have happened or not. Like we really will never know. I'm so excited about it. Can you give us any sort of teaser Teasers. about the Valley? Teaser oh. and what is the main <laughs> difference between producing the Valley and producing Vanderpump? Good question. Okay, so here's my tease. We start the Valley with a crossover between Jax and Tom Sandoval. And so you have Jax joining Boys Night, which is with Schwartz and James and Sandoval. And... Uh, Jax has a few choice words for Sandoval. Okay. And um, and it's really fun. And then we see Jax drive over the hill and go into the valley. I have chills. And so do I. So do I. Oh, my God. It is, it's cinematic in our world. Yes, 100%. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, this is like when. It's the start of a new production. No, but it's like remembering being in Utah and watching Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm watching a new show called Vanderpump Rules. Remember, you you did a similar oh, crossover. Oh yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. I mean, in that one, I, it's funny. I almost hate to invoke that one because we can't possibly compare to that because the stakes mm. were the stakes. so high, and so we had like a hundred percent audience retention. Would love to say that was my idea. It was not. It was someone else's, and then I you know helped put it into motion. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this still will give you the feeling of being in one and then being in the next one. And I think where the Valley is very different is it's a different phase in life. And the idea is adulting. And it's also that this is a group that is trying to raise families or figure out what's next, but they don't have anything figured out. And so that's the fun of it to me is that uh, Jax is still Jax. So, Jax will never not be anything. It's like kids raising kids still. Yeah, that, that's what it is. And and so, you know, Jax preaches and proclaims that he has grown up and everyone needs to find the maturity that he has. And we see by the end of the first episode that that's dubious. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to watch this. I'm hearing murmurs. Do you think it's accurate when people say, 
it's it's a show that falls somewhere in between Vanderpump Rules and Housewives. That's how I pitched it. Oh, That's okay. Exactly so you would say it. that yeah. that is okay. true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you show a lot of like the kids and them being parents? We show a we show a good amount. We show enough so that you can see that they are all caring parents and right. they're kind of trying to figure it out. But at the same time, there's only so much that you can watch of children, right? And I mean, even think for you, like, doesn't it stress you out to watch people with their children? Uh, well, I, d- I don't mean to be rude. I just don't care about other right. people's children. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Like, I know that I care a lot about my child, but like, I really don't give a shit about yours. Other people's pets <laughs> and kids are not interesting. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't yeah. care. Uh, I don't disagree. <laughs> no. That's how everyone is, though. It's like no one's ever going to think your kid or pet is as cute as you do. My question between the Housewives franchise, Vanderpump, and now The Valley. This might be hard, but what was the most difficult one to produce and why? They've all been difficult in different ways. I would say where Vanderpump has been easier in some ways is you had a group that was fully in. And so everyone has had their moments. It's like, you know, in your first few seasons on the show... Like, like, oh, bad day. She's fleeing to Utah. Bad <laughs> 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 like, And literally not picking up a call from anyone. There's nothing we can do. And the network would be like, what do you mean she's in Utah? <laughs> she's in Utah. Like, That's what I mean. Do. Like, physically in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, you know, or like Stasi's New York adventure. <laughs> like those things. Like, right. You know, so... There was some of that, but you still had a group that was constantly generating story and was as game as anyone is that I've ever met to tell it. Mm. So there's that. Housewives, it always felt like the stakes were higher whether or not they were. It just was a group that is, like, you know, kind of very serious about those things. Right. And then I'm trying to think about else. The Valley actually was a fairly seamless production. And oh. and I think, you know, I didn't know kind of what everyone's frame of mind would be for it, but um but they were all pretty into it in game. And I think it also helped having Jax and Brittany and Kristen. So we had like three ringers in there. Right. right. And then Janet is someone who's, you know, she's never really been at the forefront of Vanderpump rules, but she seems to know the drill. Yeah. She's been friends with all of us for quite some time. So it's like she understands how this works. Totally. I just think it would be the person that I feel like the most for because I can't even imagine filming a show like this and just I just given birth to not one but two babies. Oh my god, Nia. Yeah. Okay, two two babies. She's got three kids under two oh. that she and just gave birth. To I mean, she just gave, yes, like yeah. they literally they were so brand new. She's like one of the things I filmed. We were at Jackson Brits, but she's in a room like both babies on the tit and I'm like yeah. that you, you're a superhero <laughs> like right yes right I don't know how she did it I think the valley is going to be absolutely spectacular and I told Brittany you must have a watch party every single week and I can't wait to get on social media and talk about how I feel about Jax Taylor in each episode oh I've been is missing that gonna be that. a segment now it'll probably be a segment <laughs> and, <laughs> on and the podcast by the way what a ride that's gonna be because he is just in the first episode, like your observations are going to be all over the place about him because it's really fun. Well, Alex, I can't wait because before we started, there was a time when Jax and Kristen Doty were no longer a part of Vanderpump. And I would see people talk about how evolved they are now and how much they've changed. 
And I just can't wait for people to see where they are now <laughs> and see people's take. We give them the full <laughs> opportunity to show how evolved they are. All right. Well, I can't. And they've done a well. Wait. They've done yeah, well. They have. Here's what I love about doing a podcast. It doesn't really require any glam, like at all. I can podcast in comfort. And for me, that means wearing my new favorite, super soft Quince cashmere tee. Thanks to Quince, I've got a lineup of timeless, comfortable pieces that keep me looking so chic summer after summer. Quince has premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at $30. You can find silk tops, 14 karat jewelry, and so much more. And this is my favorite part. All Quince items are 50 to 80% less than many similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes all of those savings on to us. And don't get me started on their towels. I have the Quince waffle towels at the Palm Springs house. I have them in white and they are so soft. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Lala for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Lala to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Lala. Give Them Lala is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off of your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GTL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GTL. I had a question about production and when you're, when you're going into it and like selecting a cast. How do you go about that? Oh, yeah. Like, do you, because obviously Monica said that she from applied. From Salt Lake. From Salt Lake. Oh, I don't know yeah. If you saw People applied. Yeah. She was she like, I applied, applied for this gig. So I was thinking like, I was like, I haven't even thought about that side of producing. Do you have people in mind that you've seen or is yeah, it? Yeah, how like does that work, Alex? kind of putting in a resume? Well, I love that, you know, she acts like it's a job at Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is not, um, like putting together the Valley started with conversations I was having with Jax. And so he and I went out to dinner and we were just talking about what's going on in his life now and who his friends are. And I quickly settled on the idea of doing something about families or couples right and then we kind of built it out from there and so uh, we put on tape pretty much everyone that's in his close inner circle um, and kind of went from there mm -hmm. so everyone really knows each other they're all invested in each other they all care and we didn't want to you know add any gimmicks or try to fill out the cast in a way that wasn't authentic I think other shows are a little different. So I think if there's a show that is more of a construct and it's not necessarily about a group, then, you know, maybe it's put together differently. But look, it's like when you join Vanderpump, you know, you and James have been and Ariana are the examples of additions to the group because 
you guys were a part of the group and made yourself matter to the group. And any time that we ever just brought in someone random who had just worked at Sur a little bit, it didn't work. It never worked. It mm. ju- it felt like you've been here for five minutes where when I joined, it was like I'd been getting wasted at Sur since I was 18, you know? What so, we, right. It was like bit. What was your initial impressions of Lala? Did you have a thought of like this girl's not? I'm sure nightmare last, or the way he's because I would right run now, away. Like, uh, I, I thought know well, what. there was my impressions from <laughs> casting and then production. So from, from casting, I thought she was a gem. Right. I thought you were great because I was like, who the fuck is this? So I thought you were one of a kind. You were living in Stassi's bedroom, like that was weird. That was very you know? weird. So the whole thing was great. Like we were all in on that, and I could not quite figure you out. And then in production, it was a different story because we had never met anyone, like I said, who just was like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> so, it like, so there was that. But you were worth it. You were a pain in the ass, but you were worth it. Thank Ooh. you, Alex. Is she still a pain in the ass? That. I was going to say, what's... Less so. Yeah. Less, less so. I actually can... I mean, really not anymore because I think... I mean, you've just changed and matured so much and you just view it differently and you're grounded and different things matter to you and you're much more secure. So you're really not a pain in the ass at this point. At this point, like it feels like therapy. Like before, when I see anybody, because I love reality TV, when I see anyone freaking out about something that may come out, I'm like, girl, just let it come out. And then Mm -hmm. next year, no one's going to care and it's going to be a completely different storyline. Yeah. It is interesting. You get to see all these personalities on these different shows. Do you ever sort of look at these people and think this person would be great doing a project with this person. Maybe I should do, do you ever? All of the time. Okay. I mean, I think it's really fun to sort of mash things up. And I mean, we've talked about, you know, certain potential partnerships. Yes. Right. That uh, because I just, it, you get to know different people and sort of see how there might be some synergistic, you know, combination between them. And so I think that all the time. Or sometimes I'm jealous. Sometimes I think I'll look at a show and think, well, we really could use her over here. It's too bad I can't make, you know, like a trade. A trade. I love that. Do you ever look at projects and you're like, damn, what I would have given to be the person that came up with that. Yeah, it's the best feeling when you're the person who makes the announcement that everyone else thinks is really obvious. I'm like, I got there first, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, like with Botch, for example, is is I just, that came about because um, I was at dinner with Paul Nassif. This is when he and Adrian Malouf um, were divorcing and he wanted to be back on television again. I'm just like, what do you do all day as a plastic surgeon? And he started describing revision plastic surgery. I was like, okay. What about a show where we're fixing that? So I called it Nip Fucked, and <laughs> I added him and Terry Dubrow together because I thought they would be good so together. So they, did they not know each other before you came into the mix? They hadn't seen each other for years. They had met, or they, they knew each other from years ago but hadn't talked But in they a while. weren't homies. No, not at all. Because no. their chemistry on camera, you would think that they go and get drinks, and they're so different, mm-hmm. but it just works so well. It worked from the minute that we shot this, like, bootleg tape where <laughs> we basically I put celebrities on carpet, celebrities that had bad surgeries, and they talked about how they would undo that work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just worked. So that was one that I, you know, I couldn't have ever imagined that they would be that good together, but I just, I thought you needed two, and those guys. You had to have two. Yeah. 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 No, that one is awesome. And I love that one is neck down and the other one's neck up. Although they fight over that. So the really funny thing is 
Terry in, I want to say it was like starting in season three. Because by the way, everyone's happy. You get two seasons of a hit show. Everyone's a real good sport, whatever. Yeah. And then starting in season three, he's like, hey, why are you giving Paul all the faces? I do faces too. I'm like, I know, but you also do the body and Paul doesn't. So <laughs> Right. So you're going to have to just like take one for the team and only focus on the tits and tummy. Yes. Right. You know? <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> like, and why are you complaining about it, yeah. Tara? <laughs> <laughs> Terry's the best, so I good-naturedly give him shit. And then Paul's complaint during at that point on the show, too, was Paul all of a sudden wanted – it was like a car service complaint. He wanted, like, a car service to go, like, 200 feet. And so I ran into him. It was literally – we were shooting the after show, and he wanted car service, and he's like – he lived, like, you know, like two miles from there or something. Yeah. So I ran into him at a party, and I said, hey, Paul, how'd you get here tonight? And this is in front of, like, a group of people. And uh, he's like, I drove. I go, so you do drive? Oh, no. Oh, no. Now that yeah. is a devo. <laughs> Good Wait, so you did, did he get car service, though? Did no, he, 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 like, he, let, he was like, you hurt my feelings, but you made your point. So <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, all right, well, that's a win. I'm you kidding. have a way of doing that. <laughs> Hurting feelings? Yeah. No, of, of like making good points. Yeah. No, making good points. I, know, I, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Does it ever get hard when you start developing like real connections with people on these shows that you are creating and producing? You, they call you to vent. Yeah. You take an interest in their life. You become a confidant. But you know that you still have to tell their story. Does it ever get sticky where you're like, God, I really do wish that I was not as close to this person. Yeah, it uh, it can be really hard because they're people that I care about. And so I know that telling the story is going to impact their lives. But at the same time, that's the job. And, you know, they sort of know that that's the show that they're on. But it does feel tough. I think that because of the depth of the relationships, they understand that it isn't personal. And I also don't do anything that is gratuitous. So there's always the story that we could tell, right? And it's like you could make anything, you know, a thousand times worse. Yeah. There's things that for the sake of discretion that you don't include. But the, you know, the deal is, you know, look, if you sign up for it, then, you know, those things are open and are discussed. And, you know, I can't make that go away. But it does. I mean, there are times when I've thought, uh, you know, maybe I need to take a break from doing it because it's because um, it's hard. And, right. um, you know, and again, I you're all too well aware that these are real people. And they really have to live with it. I also, on the other hand, have enough perspective to know everything passes. Yeah. And so the things that in the moment feel like, you know, the end of your life are not. And, um, you know, time goes on. So I'm aware of that, too. But uh, but it's really hard. It weighs on me. It does. Yeah. I was wondering that because I know that you and Kyle Richards yeah. are very close. And, you know, I just I can't imagine having something like a 27 year marriage that's been put under a microscope, children are involved, like you had such a picture-perfect life, and then this unfolds on television. And I think that was the first time that I was like, damn, I wonder if that ever kind of fucks with Alex. Yeah, I, that one was really hard to see because they're both great people and they have had a great marriage. Yeah. And so it's not the you know proverbial housewife, oh, okay, I saw that coming and maybe everybody is better off for it. Right. Um, so that was really really tough to experience and you know you want to on the one hand be there for her as a human being but also you have to tell the story too mm -hmm. right 
I find when I get, because you do become extremely close with producers. Like, I find that they become, like, my friends, but also kind of like family members because you talk to them. You you know that you're telling a story. And in order for you to tell the story properly, you need to know exactly where my head's at. So I find it, there's some people that are new and they're like, don't tell producers anything. And it's like, well, then you're, you, if you don't want any control over your narrative, do that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, pick up the phone because there are many times where I could be saying something and a producer says to me, this is how I took it. And I'm like, hold up. No, we got to rewind. This is where my head's at. And they go, great. Let's let's tell that That story because it's the true story. You're so right. And it's counterintuitive. So you tend to think that if you withhold and control information that you control the story and it isn't true. And look, the case study for that is Ariana and Scandival. Yeah. So she... Found Sandoval's phone, or she, she, whatever. She, uh, you know, saw what she did on on Sandoval's phone, and then I almost called him Scandoval. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, who's who these days? And then, and then, um, and then she let production know right away, and she told that story, and I would say pretty powerfully so. She said, "I called production immediately because I knew that he would try to get me to not talk about it." not tell them we were going to concoct something. And because it was years of us in a relationship together, he probably could have gotten me to change my mind. And I got chills when I heard that. I was like, damn. Yeah. It's just yeah. wild. that the, That's what I mean. Like the production team becomes your family. The first person you call, by the way, there's a lot of things that have happened in my life where the first person I call, obviously my mama, but then I'm calling a producer. Yeah. yeah. Immediately. Was there any world in which you were not picking cameras back up for that? No. Or was it you tell We us. had, no. I mean, we were going yeah. to do that, but we, and it just was not even a question. We had, there were a couple of contributors to the decision who thought we should just hold until the reunion. Mm. And we thought that was asinine. We're like, no, we're going in right now. I exactly. still get chills thinking about it. Yeah. I do too. Having Jeremiah be like, you're not allowed to leave LA because we're picking up cameras like tomorrow. Right. Damn. Damn. What do you think about everyone saying, like, I think it's so, so again, I watch a lot of reality yeah. TV. Kyle stepping into her interview with, like, the red cutout top on. We've got Southern Charm people who, uh, I think her name's Olivia. It is Olivia. Shows up in, like, her kind of revenge dress. And now no one, not a soul on Bravo, can go through something, like, being done dirty by a man. No one can have that happen and then wear red with cutouts. Or they're immediately labeled Ariana. Yeah. Is that the craziest shit to watch, Alex? So funny. (laughs) Everyone's like, Mauricio and Kyle planned this to have a Scandival moment. I'm like, yes. The the couple that's been together for 27 years. Wanted a Scandival moment. A Scandival moment. Yeah, that's what they were thinking so that what she could continue on the show. I mean, I I think she's, you know. But Kyle's been the glue from the very beginning. Erica Jane said it. I think it was either two reunions ago a year ago yeah where she's like she is the queen of the group she's the glue to all of us and i feel like that's very true well you know obviously she's been around since the beginning the show is you know important she's been great for the show and she does hold it all together she just is in some ways the ultimate real housewife mm-hmm. you know she just yeah. she just gets it and she does it in a way too that doesn't compromise herself 
So she knows what she's doing, wants to make a show, but stands behind what she's done as well. Right. And and I think it's great. I think, you know, it's, she's challenging the perception of her right now because she just is in a different place than she was. And so I think that's throwing people off a lot. But she's just, you know, the bedrock of that show. By the way, I don't think she's ever looked better. I find her attitude to be very sexy and inspiring. I dig her. Oh, she doesn't give a shit anymore, too. I mean, that's kind of the, Not at the all. fun of it. Yeah. Because, you know, there were many times yeah. where, like, she didn't want, she didn't like confrontation. She yeah. She kind of, like, clammed up a bit. Now she's like, you're a fucking bitch right now. Yeah. Stop. And it's like, oh, I'm a little wet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, she's activated. She's she activated. Is, she is, uh, so we have that uh, reunion on Friday. The reunion is on oh. Friday? Why? You're obviously boots on the ground with that. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. Oh, it's going to be good. It's so good. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing Jess and Easton with samples. I use Claritin and I absolutely love it. You guys know I was in Las Vegas for that music festival and it was so windy there that my allergies were the worst. My eyes were so itchy. They were so watery. My head hurt so bad. I had a total sinus headache, but... I had Claritin D with me, so I took it, and I think it only took like 30 minutes before I started to feel better, which was amazing. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itching and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has been an absolute game changer for me. I've actually been using it for a few weeks now. I take it before I go hiking. And obviously when I went to that music festival, which was all outside, no more itchy, watery eyes and no more sinus pressure headaches, which if you've experienced those before, you guys know they are the worst. So that was huge for me. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. I'm going to let you in on a little tiny secret. I am not a cook. Okay, so that's not really a secret, but I do have a secret weapon when it comes to the kitchen. Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals are always fresh, never frozen. They get delivered right to your door, and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. I've also become a big fan of their add-ons, snacks, and smoothies. Ocean loves the pancakes. I pretty much get those and the mango smoothies in every single Factor delivery. But Factor has you covered no matter how and what you're eating. Keto, calorie smart, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. The weekly menu has 35 options, including gourmet meals like filet mignon and shrimp. There's no prepping, cooking, or even cleaning up. Just heat it up and then eat right out of the factor packaging. So easy. You can customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need. And you can also pause and reschedule deliveries. So head to factormeals.com slash lala50 and use code lala50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. 
That's code LALA50 at factormeals.com slash LALA50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. When you think about all of the, the seasons that you have under your belt of all the shows, is there one season of any of the shows that sticks out in your mind going, that was a freaking hard season? Like, I'm so glad that shit is done. To me, it's either the strongest or the weakest seasons. Okay. So the weakest seasons um, sometimes, which is because it just doesn't work, right? I mean, and there are there are good seasons and bad seasons. So, Am like, I overstepping by asking, is there a season where you're like, that was a really shitty season of well, that show? you know, look, I thought Vanderpump season nine was mm. dog shit. Beyond. <laughs> I was like, well, we're not coming back for, for season yeah. 10, y'all. I thought, I thought, we're done. And that's why I've said a bunch that, to me... You know, we caught this big scandal and we went right in and, you know, everyone um, sort of did what they did with it. But to me, the accomplishment was being around for that to happen, was still being around for a season 10. And you kind of ride it out and, you know, there's ebbs and flows. So I think with Orange County, I thought last season was really good. The season before was not. Was that the one with Noella? Yeah, season 16. Yeah, Yeah. that wasn't great. Last season was great. Really strong. But the one with Noella... Without, I don't think Vicky or Tamara made an appearance at all. That was a tough one to watch. It, it I just, still watched it, but it just didn't come together. It didn't. It didn't happen. And so there's that. You know, Beverly Hills has had some seasons too. Um, you do the best that you can with any of it, but yeah, you know, I think that it's really hard when it doesn't all come together. And then sometimes it's really hard when you're going through something that's just you know, tough to manage and tough to trudge through. Right. Are there seasons that you, on any of the shows that you've produced, that you're like that season, you can watch? one through 15 or is there a season of a show that you're like that was incredible like or like should i just through say, and I can through say, every episode was incredible yeah, like top to bottom yeah it was unreal perfect or if you could only watch one season of a show you produced what season would that oh be i love that show? that's a good question i would say it tends to be earlier seasons for me because i just have the removal and the distance from them to just you Enjoy know, it. yeah, and probably rewrite them in my mind, and everything is perfect. And I'm like, oh, this is when I was coming of age, and I started, to, yeah, whatever. totally. <laughs> so it's just what we do, you know. Like you look through photos of yourself smiling, and you know, you're not aware of like the hour before, you know, where you yes. were grounded by your parents or whatever. So right. I just, um, that's what I think. I think the early seasons of Beverly Hills. I think there's a few great seasons of Vanderpump, but I still season one was fun just because I knew we were on to something, you know, and it right. started with the crossover and whatever. So there's that. And then Orange County. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the last season of Orange County because it was a renaissance. And so that was fun to me. And I thought we were back from the dead. And that's right. always a really good feeling. I'm like, OK, we're, we've still got it. That's how it felt. Yeah. That As was- someone who's watched since the beginning. But there is something, like you said, about OG seasons before anybody got injected and realized what they were going to look like on camera, where you were just like, show. it felt like you were walking around with a tape recorder on these people. There is, so the head of current programming from Prof was Sherry Levine, she was the head for many years, used to, she's, she's great, she's a brilliant woman, but is just savage and cutting in what she says. And so I remember after the first season of Beverly Hills, she's like, congratulations, it'll never be that good again. <gasps> like... <laughs> Do you feel that way? It's never been that good again? I don't think that's true because I think it's just different. And I thought the yeah. season, I thought season two was great for that yeah. show too. But Oh um, my God, yes. But I know what so she good. I know what she means. And and it was it's your point too, where something changes 
when people watch themselves and when other people comment on them. And you cannot deny that social media has an impact on people. And there's a self-awareness that, you know, maybe doesn't exist for season one. And maybe we can't even get to that these days anyway, because everyone knows how the shows are made or think they do anyway, or thinks that they've cracked the code. So there's, they're self-conscious anyway. But by the way, I, I found that refreshing with the Valley. I actually didn't think that there was a ton of image crafting. I thought that people showed up as who they were and things happened. So, well, speaking of social media, do you, let's be honest here. Do you guys take what the fans say into account when filming these shows? When, I think we apply the appropriate discount factor. So I'm not going to say that we're not aware of it, but I will say that social media is a measure of intensity more than anything. But um, it isn't it doesn't line up with any research that you would do any any rigorous research, because it tends to be the same people on social media who are heated time and again. And it does not reflect it. It's a really small and very biased sample size. Okay. So how do you decide if a, if there's a new cast member that comes into the mix? How do you decide if that person is coming back or if they're not? Because someone could think they did great, but overall, like, how do you measure if they did great? It's hard, and it is not a science. And I always think that um, it's a mistake to try to turn something that is creative and that is, you know, sort of floating and amorphous into something that it isn't. And so it's a series of conversations. So it'll be the producers and the network and you arrive at some kind of consensus and you know not everyone may be pleased with it but it's an analysis based on what you think of that specific person what their fit is within the group where you think you can go with them it's all of those things it's much more qualitative than quantitative do you find that a lot of these new housewives that are being cast come in and they see what they could be making on the show Like, do you find that sometimes you hit a dead end where it's like this person would have been great, but they're coming in here asking for the sun, stars and the moon and they got to go? Well, I mean, we lead or I lead a lot of conversations by telling people like, you know, congratulations. I have good news. We want you on the show. Now we're about to insult you. And (laughs) just so you know, you should be. This is what it is. And and, you know, this is the economics of this business. And you have to accept that. And also it sounds trite, but it's the truth you're not signing up for the show just to make money from the show. It's it's really what does this do for you on the whole? What is your plan, you know, to use this? So we have all of those conversations, but I do think that people sometimes are not realistic about it. And I've seen people talk themselves out of, you know, opportunities that would have been great and then circle back to us, you know, a year later and say, now I'm ready. Like, well, now we're not. Ah. Right. It's like, well, now we've moved on from you. (laughs) (laughs) We don't care. You spent one season. What about shows? Let's talk about shows you do not produce. Yeah. Do you see any, maybe some of the Housewives franchise, maybe Summer House, that you're like, I would have killed it or I would have done this differently? It's the cheapest thing to do. Yes, I do. Okay. So it is because you're not, you know, I'm aware that people are doing the same thing to the shows that I'm on. But that's kind of it's hard not to do that. And it's hard as a producer not to watch, especially if it's this genre and and just, you know, think that you can extrapolate what the circumstances are and that you might have handled it differently. But at the same time, there are plenty of shows that I watch and I marvel at what other producers have done with it and think, you know, thank God I'm just watching this and I didn't have to make it. Yeah. Right. Do you have a specific do you have a specific show, whether or not it's like Real Housewives of Miami or like that you're like, I could have killed it i could have done so well I, fewer in 
In the Bravo universe? Yeah, because okay. because you kind of think in any of those shows you think, you know, you could do, but other people could do the shows that I do as well. Right. You know? Kind and of the same sh- formula. Exactly. And they're, and they're just, you know, they're different. There's different dynamics. The relationships matter. But there's, you know, people that do that. Yeah. Um, to me, it's things that I just, um, that I've never done before. Or, okay. Oh, or, because, okay. or like, for example, have you guys watched um, BitCond no. on Netflix? No. No. So, it's great. It's just a it's a cryptocurrency scam show, mm-hmm. but it just is really stylishly done. And I just oh, thought every yes, choice was I've right. I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta watch that. Because you have to remember <clears throat> shows on Bravo, no matter what production company is being used, you have to send the cut over to Bravo and they make their notes. So in a sense, when you watch they're they're all you the vibe is the same throughout, no matter what, which is why people get so addicted. That's why we have Things like BravoCon because you just become a fan of it all. Right. You're watching the same game inserting different players that are all fucking savage and awesome. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It gives me chills talking about it. (laughs) Okay. Question for you before I let you go. Do you think we would ever, we, as if I have a say, (laughs) do you think you guys would ever if... Rachel Raquel picked up the phone and said, I really think I messed up and I'd like to be back on the show if you'll have me with everything that you know going behind the scenes. Number one, how do you feel if she were to say that? Would we bring her back in? I I don't know. I mean, I hesitate to say never, but I just... It's such a far-fetched scenario that I would say right now we're good where we are, and I hope she's good where she is. I love that answer. Mm -hmm. So, Alex, we do an ache and relief at the end of every episode. Um, Jess, you'll start us off so Alex knows what this means. Okay. So this is the day after the Vanderpump Rules season 11 premiere, so I can say this. My relief is your vulnerability in this premiere episode. I was so proud of you. I don't know what the viewers have said at this point, but I'm excited to see. I know you're nervous, but I think it's a side of you that um, is very refreshing, to Thank be honest. You, That's my relief. My ache is that we still have now another week, pretty much, for season or for episode two, because it was such a good season 11 premiere episode. Love it. Easton? Easton, what's I'm your up. ache and relief? Um, of the week. My ache is going to be the Miami Sea Aquarium again. Mm. Oh, love yes. it. Tell us. So out them. That. Out them. I know. There was another video that came out January of this this year, 2024. Okay. And there's more dolphins in it. There's three in one that I see. It's a video if you would like to watch. But you know what? I bet the walrus whisper is all over that is, shit. He mm. is. Shout out Good to him. Good for him. But, um, yeah, they've had 120 dolphins die in this uh, sea aquarium. So let's just keep it up and uh, keep outing them. Disgusting. I, so, Despicable. What's your relief? Uh, my relief is going to be outing them. So I'm putting that into the air. So <laughs> Having a platform to out them. Yes. So that's, um, what, that's my relief. So let's go get them. Easton, I love that for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, My ache is going to be that I really thought that it was going to be more like five or six. I guess I can wait until VPR episode eight for the Valley to come out. That's my ache. My relief is knowing that it's coming out. Like, <laughs> yes. Because I got in trouble for talking about it on my Amazon Live. 
Alex might not know this. Yeah, but you I just don't. Admit- <laughs> yeah, I Bravo don't hit me up. Not me personally. Yeah. They hit a member of my team up, and they said, "Please tell her to shut the fuck up and stop talking about the valley." <laughs> I'm just so excited about Do it. Do you like people talking about it? Well, not when it's not announced yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, that was like a couple of days before the announcement, huh? More of a, like a couple of months, but it's okay. Oh. <laughs> All right, you shit the bed. I was off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind people talking about anything, and I think that also was a badly kept secret mm-hmm. anyway, right? I mean, there's no way that people wouldn't know that we were shooting that show. So I was like, how am I the one to out this when you have people like Jax Taylor and Kristen Doty a part of it? Are you, you're telling me not a, neither of them have spilled the beans on this? Yeah. Jax was telling me, us about it before he even started filming. He was like, yeah, we're going to start it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, all no, right. No, Alex, I didn't think it was happening. I was like, I oh, really this didn't is either, so just sad. Jax was coming out. I was like, so all right. Well, I think you even sent me a note. You're like, hey, is this thing real? I was like, I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> like, because like, Jax, I don't care if he lives in his own world, but I'm no. concerned about what he tells Brittany. Yeah. And so like, if this is not real, I need to sit Brittany down and be like, girl, we, we got to move on from the conversation. <laughs> so my ache, ache is the Beverly Hills reunion at the end of this week because mm. I just want to be done with that. Okay. And then my relief, uh, and it pertains to the first episode of VPR, is that Tom finally came back from New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, that was annoying, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I love it. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. My loves, I love you all. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Give Them Lala podcast. Remember, do not support any places uh, that use animals for entertainment. No animals in captivity. Spay and neuter your pets. Adopt, don't shop. I love you and I'll catch you next week. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.